you from the great state of Louisiana. And today is just a little uh, spur of the moment NBA update video. We're going to talk about a bunch of different topics. Um, I, I'm not going to take a lot of time. This should be super short. I just kind of wanted to give you a quick uh, snapshot of what's going on in the NBA preseason. We'll talk a little cards, but primarily this is just what the heck is going on in the NBA as we're now about 12, 11, 12 days away from the start of the season. Uh, this is going to appeal to some of you guys who just care about the NBA, people who collect cards, and people who like fantasy basketball. So sort of a catch-all deal. So without any delay, uh, first topic, uh, Victor Wimbanyama. I got a chance to watch his first game. I had to DVR it because I was doing a podcast with five card guys, Cards to the Moon, that night, Tuesday night. Uh, I went home with my 21-year-old, Cajun Jr. We watched the game start to finish. Uh, number one, I was really impressed with Scoot Henderson. He reminded me, he had a lot of Derrick Rose type stuff, a lot of John Morant type stuff. He had a special burst, uh, but Victor Wimbanyama is on a totally different level as a prospect. I am going to go on record now. Uh, I've been watching basketball for 40 years. The last time I was this certain about an NBA prospect was LeBron James. And so that is really... The conversation piece. Um, I see more potential than, and I'm not saying his career is going to end up better, but I see everything I saw in Kevin Durant, but I see it in a seven foot four dude. Uh, I, he moves uh, like we've seen Chet Holmgren. We say Chet Holmgren moves, but he doesn't move like a typical seven one guy or whatever. Victor Wimbanyama moves on a totally different level than Chet Holmgren. Uh, he is shaped kind of like a Chris Porzingis was as a rookie but he shows Kevin Durant-type ability. So my, my best comparison is Porzingis' body with Kevin Durant's skills and ability and skill set. He shoots the ball proficiently. His stroke is absolutely mechanically perfect. Uh, his stroke is effortless. Um, he, he's got incredible defensive instincts as far as shot blocking, staying on his feet. He's long enough and athletic enough, and his timing is so impeccable that uh, like many of the great shot blockers that came before him, and remember the kid's like 19 years old, he waits for the shot to be taken, then jumps and blocks it before it gets to the peak so it's not goaltending. So what I'm getting at is this dude's special. Teams are going to make uh, drastic changes, franchise-altering decisions, not to get him, just to have a chance to get him. And so we're going to see Tankapalooza in this 2022-23 season like I don't think I've personally ever seen. If you don't know the name, uh, first and foremost, everybody's mispronouncing his name. Victor Wimbanyama with an M at the end. The last consonant's an M, not an N. He's not Hispanic. Uh, Wimbanyama. Go spell it. I have a feeling he's got to get a nickname because nobody's going to keep saying Wimbanyama. And so uh, either he'll be called Victor, uh, like Luca and all these other guys, LeBron, that, that we call by their first name. He's going to be on a first name basis really soon. Or they're going to give him some uh, nickname like The Freaking Alien because that's what I see when I see this guy. You just don't see human beings this size move like this. It's not normal. And his hand-eye and his skill set and everything that goes with it makes him special. So we're going to see tanking earlier this year than we've ever seen it. That despite the fact that the NBA has made drastic measures to uh, eliminate tanking or at least clear-cut tanking, uh, we're going to see teams trade productive NBA basketball players 
earlier in the season than we've ever seen in order to lose more games to get this guy. I don't think there's any way around it. I know theoretically you're not allowed to tank. I know the NBA does what they can, but this is going to be egregious. And I think it's going to lead to even more rule changes regarding the lottery. Uh, this is a very, very unique situation. Um, like on a whole different level even than, you know, a... Um, you know, Apollo Bancaro, right? This is just a whole different breed. This is a franchise player in waiting. He's a game changer from day one. Um, no matter what franchise he goes to, he's uh, they're, they're saying he's worth upwards of $500 million. I saw it with my own eyes. Uh, again, it's a very small sample size. The dude came to America. He played two games. He dropped 37 and 36 stroking threes, blocking shots, making good decisions, passing the ball, handling the ball like I've never seen a 7-4 human being ever do. Uh, this is not Bull Bull. This is not Chris Tapp's Porzingis. Uh, this is not even Kevin Durant because he's freaking five inches taller or six inches taller. This is a whole different breed of player that we've never seen before. So, uh, again, he's still got to get in there. He still needs to eat a hellacious amount of food because he needs about 25, 30 pounds to get to the peak of his powers. But just seeing what I saw in his frail body right now, he is an absolute problem from day one in the NBA on both ends of the court. And he's what every single franchise is looking for. So, drastic, drastic things are expected this NBA season as far as Victor goes. Okay, topic number two, Draymond and Poole. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Draymond Green apparently punched uh, Jordan Poole or at least tried to punch Jordan Poole in the face in practice yesterday. Uh, we've heard stories about this where Jordan punches people in the face. Uh, Kobe's elbowed people in the face. Uh, shit like this happens in practice. Uh, the only thing that makes this really truly noteworthy uh, Bobby Porter's punched Nikola Mirotic in the face way back in the day the only thing that makes this thing uh, unique uh, is that it's Draymond Green and he's always a problem um, so uh, you know it's going to get spun as oh he's a leader and Poole was out of line and Draymond was you know uh, they were talking trash and this you take the good with the bad Draymond always seems to get a free pass uh, for being uh, childish and uh, not being able to control his instincts and emotions and behavior. Uh, he ran Kevin Durant out of town, uh, which didn't come back to bite him because they got the title anyway. But can you imagine if Kevin Durant had stuck around? If Draymond wasn't there, I suspect that Kevin Durant would still be there. Uh, so he gets a free pass, and I, I don't really get it. I'm not going to say much more on the matter, but I'm sure they'll give him a slap on the wrist. He'll pay a fine. He might miss one game or something like that for violating team rules, which is don't punch your teammates in the face, uh, but he'll be back. So enough on that. Uh, LeBron in Vegas. So there's some talk about LeBron. You know, they interviewed him after a couple games. He did an interview in the offseason. LeBron wants a team in Vegas, and he wants to own the team. We've heard about NBA expansion. The uh, suspected locations right now that have been bantered about is Seattle, right, bringing the old Sonics back, basically. And I assume they'd, they'd uh, tag them with the name Supersonics, which is one of the greatest names ever, right? Uh, so, uh, obviously, Seattle moved many years ago to Oklahoma City. But I think they're talking about maybe Seattle and Vegas. So, LeBron wants to own the Vegas team. He actually made a very flippant comment, which was not a coincidence, that Vegas has the best fans in the world, which is... Probably funny because no one even lives in Vegas. Uh, I hope I didn't offend anybody there, but it's sort of a 
uh, nomadic town. I, I don't think the fan base in Vegas actually would be very good, but I think you'd get a lot of passer-throughs going to Las Vegas NBA basketball games. So I'm not sure they'd have an issue with attendance, but I think it's a stretch with so many other options and distractions in Vegas. You know, if there's an NBA game on the same night as a, you know, not Floyd Mayweather, but because he'll be done by then, but, you know, a, a big title fight or, uh, you know, some other type of massive event, which Vegas often hosts, I think you're going to have issues with scheduling and getting people in the seats. That's just me. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. But LeBron's talking about he wants to be part of the ownership. Uh, as we know, I think the last franchise sold for over $2 billion. They're saying the Suns may sell for over $4 billion. LeBron's net worth only $1 billion. Yeah, I said only because in the grand scheme of rich-ass dudes across the world, that's not real wealthy. Uh, so LeBron's got $1 billion. He would be a very small minority owner if indeed he did have some interest in a Las Vegas team. Now the catch is he's got to be done with his NBA career before he can become uh, an owner of this Las Vegas franchise if indeed there is expansion and if indeed Las Vegas is awarded um, you know, a franchise as is expected. So um, LeBron's going to have to choose. He wants to play with both of his kids, right? Which means at least four years from now, I guess. I'm not sure how old you know, his younger one is, Bryce, I think is his name. Uh, but I thought he was like a high school sophomore or junior or something like that. Maybe a high school sophomore even. So sophomore, junior, freshman. I mean, that's four years away. Maybe I'm not even have my years wrong. I know he wants to play with Bronny. I'm not sure if either one's truly an NBA player, but my suspicion is they will find their way somehow onto an NBA roster. And I suspect LeBron will somehow try to make that happen. But if he wants to play with those dudes, Four years from now, those those dudes, his kids, four years from now, and he wants to own this team, that means expansion needs to be put off at least four years. So LeBron may have to pick and choose between those two options if and when the time comes. So that would be something interesting to watch, uh, whether he would prefer to play games with his kids and be the first to ever do it, or whether he wants to be a minority owner in Vegas. Of course, they could always bring LeBron in as a, a minority owner uh, of that, or you know, a smaller stake owner of that Las Vegas franchise after the fact. He doesn't have to be there at inception. And uh, I don't know how deals like this work, but there could be some deal in principle with the majority owners of that Vegas franchise if indeed all this does come to fruition where he would, you know, they'd have like a gentleman's agreement that he's allowed to buy in at a certain price down the road. I'm sure that's not legal, but I suspect that that will be something that's talked about. Um, next, box scores. Let's just, I'm just going to go through it. I wanted to call this box score bull whatever, but uh, let's call it box score BS. I'm going to start doing videos where I just talk about stuff that stands out to me in the NBA box scores. I scour these box scores because I NBA prospect in the basketball card market. I've got my eye on, you know, seven to 10 different prospects. I like to see what they're doing. I first look at the minutes column because that matters the most to me for prospects. They got to get on the floor to do their thing. Uh, sometimes not getting minutes is great for the price point of their basketball cards. Uh, but NBA uh, box score, I, I devour NBA box scores like a fat guy eats Twinkies. Um, so just looking at the box scores, KD, Giddy, Jalen Brown, Tatum, Giannis, Trey, DeJounte, all look in midseason form, all look fantastic. Again, tiny sample size. They've all played one or two games, you know, 18 to 25 minutes, nothing special. I know the Bucks and Hawks just played in 
Abu Dhabi and Adam Silver was over there. And it was good to see that all the best NBA players played when they went over there because the NBA wants to, you know, put their best on display. And so Giannis, Drew Holiday played. Middleton's obviously banged up a little bit. But Trey and DeJounte played. They they all played great, right? And their box scores look fantastic, as expected. Those guys are healthy, ready to hit the ground running. Um, you know, Ben Simmons is doing his thing. He's played in both games. He's going to be an orchestrator of that offense. I've been a big proponent of... If he gets on the court, he's going to be a problem, and the Nets are going to be a huge freaking problem. And I'm telling you, they are. And I say that as a Bucks fan. I want nothing good to happen to the, the Nets. I only want the worst for them because I want the Bucks to win the East. I want Giannis to win an MVP. I want to win the title, and I want Giannis to win another NBA Finals MVP and vault himself into the top 15 of all-time conversation. That's what I want the narrative of this NBA to be. But there's a lot of other narratives that are fighting, right? Uh, but getting back to Ben Simmons, uh, he looks great. He looks fine. Health, physically, of course, he started seasons perfectly physically fine in, you know, in the past. Uh, the real question with Ben, uh, you know, he's got the back issue. But the real question is his mental situation. And uh, I'm not here to make light of mental health because it is real and it is something to uh, – take care of and be concerned about and talk about but guys got to get on the floor he's got to have his head right I suspect he's taking four to six shots a game so I don't think uh, he's overcome this mental hurdle and decided I'm going to start shooting from the perimeter to open things up but I do think he's past the point of giving a shit about that I think he's going to get on the court I think he's going to push 10 assists I think he's going to push 10 rebounds I think he's going to average you know uh, maybe 2.0 stocks a game right which is uh, blocks and steals combined steals and blocks combined I think he's going to be well over 2.0 in those two categories for you fantasy roto lovers out there and uh, and I've said this many times he is on a very short list of the best and most versatile defenders in the NBA. I think he's the top three defender in the NBA as far as being able to defend all five positions at, at a, an exceptional rate. Not just, uh, can you can you switch him onto a five? Sure. Can you switch him onto a one? Sure. You can switch him onto a one, and he's a problem. That's a mismatch the other way. He is that elite on the defensive end. So uh, Ben Simmons looks good. Uh, keep an eye on him. I'm not saying his cards right are going to make this incredible jump, but they can't get any lower than they are. I haven't looked in a while, but my God, they're pretty depressed as far as price goes. I'm actually sitting on a bunch of really chintzy, low-end Ben Simmons rookies. I cashed out of all my good stuff at a very good time uh, when the whole market was peaking. I traded uh, uh, back, uh, quid pro quo all of my Ben Simmons to get all Luka Doncic back in return. And then I've since sold almost all those Luka Doncic as well. So I actually got out of Ben Simmons at an exceptional time and did really well from an investment perspective. You know, here's me beating my chest. Of course, I've taken a, a dive on a bunch of other cards like most of us in the hobby have. But uh, I'm still sitting on some very low end, maybe 60 or 70 Ben Simmons like uh, hoops. Uh, PSA 10s and Don Russ PSA 10s, little chintzy cards like that that are worth next to nothing now. So we'll see how those goes. I've got a bunch of optic PSA 10, optic base PSA 10, so nothing special. So I'm not this big Ben Simmons stakeholder, but I do think he's going to have a huge impact on the Nets. Uh, Trey Mann is a rookie, uh, and the only reason I checked him out is uh, yeah, I've actually got him on my fantasy dynasty team. He's always had trouble shooting the ball, but I keep hearing that he's this elite scorer and shooter and kind of spark that can be a you know off the bench six man bucket getter and a fringe starter in the NBA. You know he's in OKC. It's just gonna be really hard for him 
to find those minutes with Giddy and SGA and Dort, who's like their veteran guy, which I don't understand what his purpose in, in on that franchise is because they're trying to lose. He helps them win. Um, you know, they're trying to develop young guards. He's not really the future of the franchise. I don't think he lines up with the future vision of the OKC Thunder. I wouldn't be surprised at some point to see Dort dealt to a contender. He's like a better version of Marcus Smart. He's a significantly better, in my opinion, he's a better version, younger version, more athletic version, more physical version of Marcus Smart. So we'll see where Dort ends up. Uh, probably not... And not that Marcus Smart's this offensive juggernaut. He kills offenses. He's a disaster on offense. But he's probably still a better offensive player than Dort is. But we'll see. I mean, Dort likes to play offense, too. He's got the same problem that Marcus Smart is he doesn't really understand his role. So, uh, But Trey, uh, Trey Mann is a really good-looking prospect. There. There's a million guys to watch. Like, if you ever just want to watch prospects upon prospects, the OKC Thunder uh, and the Orlando Magic are your teams, right? Those are the two teams you want to watch. And then you can even include the Pistons in there because they've got some real good uh, real good prospects as well with uh, not that Cade's a prospect because we know what he's going to do, but Cade, Jaden Ivey, Bagley is still a prospect because he hasn't done shit. Uh, Jalen Duran, Sadiq Bay, guys like that. So um, those are some fun teams to watch on League Pass if you like to prospect on low-end, you know, uh, rookie cards and stuff like that. Uh Another thing to keep an eye on in the box score is the Magic point guard situation. I know Fultz is a little bit banged up, so he's not quite there. Uh, but RJ Hampton has had two really, really impressive preseason games. Um, and I've always thought highly of RJ Hampton. Uh, I worry about his ability to shoot the ball proficiently from the three-point line. But he checks a lot of other boxes with size, you know, really good size, really good athleticism. Um, you know, he's got the playmaking abilities, a little bit bigger type point guard. Uh, so you've got Cole Anthony, uh, you've got Jalen Suggs, you've got Fultz, and you've got Hampton. That's too many prospect point guards. We've got to see something change in magic in the magic land. So they're going to suck. They're trying to lose. I don't know if they're going to try to juggle all four of those guys all the way through the season. Maybe one of those guys gets traded and goes to another team where he can get on the floor and play 32, 33 minutes a game. Uh, we saw Cole Anthony uh, was very successful last year when he got the minutes. Suggs just shot the ball like butt the entire season, so he never really broke out like a lot of people suspected he would coming off that great senior, uh, that great last season at Gonzaga. And then uh, Fultz looked like he was showing promise. And his shot didn't look great, but it looked better than the weird hitchy gitchy thing that he had when he was in Philadelphia. And he was finding ways to impact the game in other ways. And Hampton was just a it was a terrible disaster last year, but it looks like in this very small sample size of two games, Hampton's starting to show promise. So that's just another thing that stood out. Um, again, I'll keep doing videos like this. Not much to it. We're here at 18 minutes. That's it. I just wanted to share some of the stuff that I've been seeing, um, you know, this year. If you haven't seen Victor Wimanyama, just go to YouTube and just go search it. Uh, and I think you'll agree with me. Uh, again, two games don't make a franchise player, but... Uh, it's hard to find a more impressive two games, and this is not against some college team. This is not in the you know the French Division One Pro League. This is against the G League Ignite, which has got a bunch of future NBA players on it uh, and some former NBA players. 
And um, he was doing these things against a pretty good player. So it wasn't just a bunch of high school kids, even though the kid could be almost be in high school. So uh, go check out Victor Wimanyama if you haven't seen him. It's really exciting. It's fun to talk about mega prospects like that. He's one of the best I've seen since 2002 when, uh, when we were watching LeBron at St. Vincent St. Mary's, you know, uh, orchestrate a high school game with a bunch of little puppets. He was like a puppeteer, right? And he was just kind of orchestrating the entire game, uh, like Tom Brady in, in, in the fourth quarter. But uh, Victor Wimanyama's got that type of talent. He is very special. So uh, keep an eye on the tanking situation. Keep it in mind for your prospecting when you're investing in basketball cards and sports cards for ultra modern NBA prospects. It could the, the tank effect could have an effect. It could give some of those younger players more minutes earlier as teams start to depress the minutes or and or fake injuries, uh, you know, or or at least exacerbate injuries to their veteran players that might help them win games. Uh, there is going to be an incentive to not win basketball games uh, at a clip that has never, ever been seen in the NBA to the point where I truly believe Adam Silver is going to have to address this issue. And it's not going to be late in the season. It's going to start a lot earlier than you think. There are teams in the NBA right now that know they have absolutely no chance whatsoever to go deep into the playoffs. There's probably... 20 teams that know under no circumstances is there any way in hell, even with the addition of a freak free agent, could they ever possibly contend for a title? Those 20 teams may see the writing on the wall. I've said this many times in my videos. Being good is sometimes worse than being bad in the NBA because you don't have that chance at the next franchise player. Uh, and I'll say it again. This kid, Scoot Henderson, is a nice consolation prize. That kid looked really good, man. He looked really good. He looked like a better version of Colin Sexton. He, uh, he looked like a more explosive version of Colin Sexton. Somewhere like a Sexton-type mentality, super intense, you know, balls to the wall, slap the floor, trash-talking, you know, 100 miles an hour point guard that only plays in fifth gear, uh, combined with kind of like a Derrick Rose. He just had a really good feel and a really insane burst and great athletic ability. Uh, but his mindset looked uh, top-notch. So that's not a bad consolation prize. So if you're shooting for Victor Wimanyama and you got to settle for Scoot Henderson, who could be the point, the point guard for your franchise in the future, uh, it's not a bad consolation prize. So I expect big, big, big things uh, from this draft. Uh, so anyway, that's just... Uh, random uh, ruminations on what I see in the NBA with about 11, 12 days left. I'll probably put out another one of these videos just like this in a few more days. But thank you guys for watching as always. Again, don't forget, you can catch a lot of my content on the Luka Nation Network. I am a, a, an affiliate channel underneath that bigger umbrella for that network. So you'll see my PWCC weekly recaps on Monday mornings on the Luka Nation Network. You'll see my Explore the Card episodes every Friday on the Luka Nation Network. Uh, and then you will see uh, one or two videos during the week in between Monday and Friday on the Luka Nation Network. All of the same great content you've come to know and expect from me on this channel. Uh, nothing else changes. Same sense of transparency. Same sense of honesty. Uh, everything that you've come to like about this channel, if you're still watching, obviously you like something that I'm bringing to the table, you'll see the exact same qualities and characteristics for the videos that I do. Uh, and you won't even tell a difference in the videos themselves. It's just a difference in where you'll find them. So if you have not subscribed to the Luca Nation Network, please go do that right now. Uh, follow both channels. You're getting double the content for the price of none, right? Because everything I do is free. So uh, thank you guys for watching. Keep collecting, stay positive in the hobby. Peace.